Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome back to another week of the Quarantine Chronicles. This is going on, um, I don't know how many weeks. You know, it's gonna feel weird when we can actually meet up and it's like, we used to do this. We used to, like, meet up in person. I went through Gallatin yesterday and saw the parking lot that we know and love. Was our parking spaces available? They were still available. I said, I'm coming for you, sweetheart. One day. One day. Mama will be back. One day. One day. Um, Let's get into our seamless seconds. Would you like to start? What do you have for us? Oh, you. I, you want me to start? I'm a courteous co-host. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, I had a different seamless second plan the other day, but you know, I want to keep this on a lighter note. Um, I wanted to recommend, um, you know, a TikTok trend for everybody. You could either do this yourself or go watch it on TikTok. We talked about this last night. This is by far my favorite TikTok trend right now, and maybe ever. So I don't know who started this, but basically what you do is, you know, uh, women or men, you know, I haven't seen any men do this yet, um, or non-binary folks out there, folks, um, get your purse, get your bag, get your fan. I've seen people do it with skillets. This girl whacked this guy with a skillet. Um... You know, get in a car, you know, and have this man beside you. And, you know, pretend like you're you're grabbing your purse and just whack them in the head. Just whack them in the head. And then, you know, just casually, don't even mention it. And when you're putting it back, you know, whack them in the head again. And you might be thinking, Katie, isn't this abuse? No, it is not. This is not abuse. This is pure entertainment. Thank you. Make his cranium hurt. Do, 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 do. If he don't got a concussion, I don't know what you need to do. Make his cranium hurt. Mm. Um, it's really funny, though. I definitely recommend. I don't know how you search for it on TikTok. There's not like a hashtag. I I don't know. Just look up purse, purse videos. Maybe you'll get a what's in my purse um, TikTok, but, you know, scroll far enough, you'll find one. I actually love what's in my purse videos. I think they're so interesting. And I think that's just because I have a nosy personality. I don't think anybody wants to see what's in my purse. Um, I looked in it the other day and I found a bag of stale gummy bears. So, um, I kept like a bag of peanuts in there for probably six years too um so you know i just keep a food in there on st- for emergencies that keeps the purse interesting it gives it personality purse analogy <laughs> i'm a comedian <laughs> i'm witty um i have a packet of stevia in mine uh, just for those emergency <laughs> drink sweetening moments that i commonly run into okay. in life um, you kept your seamless kind of light and happy, and I am, I guess, going to do the exact opposite because I'm sticking with the same one from the other day. So let's all get our serious pants on. Literally, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm serious. There's death involved. So a YouTuber by the name of Corey LeBerry recently passed away in a drug driving accident on May May, whenever Mother's Day was, May 12th. I always thought it was 16th. I don't know why. Um, well, it is. It was on Mother's not Day. Not the 16th because that is today. Um, on Mother's Day, last Sunday. I thought Sunday. today was like the 20-something. No, baby girl. It is the 16th. Well, um, that shows where I am. Mentally. Yeah, he passed away last Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Mother's Day, um, in a drunk driving driving accident. It was his 25th birthday. Very sad situation, you know. My heart goes out to his mother and his brother, Jared, and all of his other YouTube friends and family. Uh, because that's just a really trash situation, you know. You go out on your birthday, expect yeah. to have a good time, and then lose your life in a fatal accident. That's terrible. And I could 
Not yeah. even imagine like how his mother feels to lose her child on Mother's Day. Because she's going to be reminded of that every every year. She's not only going to be reminded that every Mother's Day, but every birthday of his. It's yeah, two events. That's going to be heartbreaking. And they put out a GoFundMe to raise money for the funeral costs. And last time I checked, they surpassed the goal. I think the original goal was one hundred fifty thousand, um, and they surpassed it. It's like one eighty thousand, probably more than that now. So. So, like, when it goes past the goal, like, do they keep the extra money? Like, I don't know how that works. Do they keep the extra money or? I would assume so because, like, that's what people donated it for, like, even if it did go past. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just a really sad situation. There's a lot of, like, sad tweets Mm -hmm. and YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I didn't ever really watch Corey's content on his own channel and everything, but I did you know, I did know who he was. I was very shocked to hear about it in Ashley Ray Ridge's vlog. She was doing a little coffee vlog. She talked about it. I was shocked because way back when I was a huge O2L stan back in, you know, 2012, 2013. And before that, I would watch Ken and Sam's vlogs when they did it every single day and they would switch off. And I remember seeing Corey and Jared in those vlogs from forever and ever ago. And I just wanted to, you know, put my condolences out into the world Mm -hmm. I saw the photos from it and horrific uh and I heard that his friend that was driving tried to run away yeah I didn't see the photos I don't think I want to see the photos but it either way it's absolutely horrible what happened you know Courage and All wants to send their deepest condolences to his family his friends everybody around him It's this this year just hasn't been hitting right, you know. It really hasn't. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and get your drink on, please, 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 do not drive drunk. Do not get in the car with someone who's driving drunk. Call an Uber, please a Lyft, be something. Yeah. Be responsible, please. Um. Let's move on to our quarantine updates of the week. What has been going on with our lives this week in quarantine? Uh, It's been kind of like a, honestly, kind of a boring week. I didn't really do that much. It's my first week post-grad. You know, got some texts from my mom talking about, are you looking for a job? To which I replied with, no, baby girl, I'm vibing and thriving. Um, I watched a lot of Bob's Burgers. I went to the dentist on the wrong day and had to turn around and go the next day at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Got some fillings drilled and reconnected with a friend of mine, you know, we had a long, like, three, four-hour conversation via the telephone. It was pretty nice. It was pretty cool. And that's about it for me. Wow. Via the telephone. Are we back in the olden days? What's going on? Um, I finished my junior year of college this week on Friday. Um, didn't really feel like I finished, but, you know, I did. Um... Yeah, you know, I found out this week that my dentist is retiring early because he actually had the coronavirus. He was the first person I knew that had it. He got it like, see, when I went to the dentist, he wasn't even there. I just got my teeth whitened, not whitened, but like cleaned and stuff, but he wasn't even there. And then I go back home and like a few days later, my mom's like, you know, he had like the coronavirus. And somebody else did there, too. And they weren't there the day I went. And he was in the hospital for a really long time. He was on a ventilator. Um, I think he's he recovered, like, pretty slowly. It was pretty bad. But he's retiring early because he said, I, you know, by the time it takes for me to recover, it's just not going to be, you know, I guess worth it. Like, it's just going to be kind of gruesome and hard. So, yeah, it's pretty hard for everybody around here. 
the corona is real, people. I feel like a lot of people are brushing <laughs> it off. Like, because, you know, businesses started reopening and everything. I feel like a lot of people are resuming with their normal activities. But we still need to exercise caution and treat it like it's a real thing. Because it is. You know, I saw on Twitter today. This was pretty funny. So, they were like, I don't know where this was. But there were these casinos with, like, poker tables, and it had, like, big shields I saw that. on it. And, I'm, and someone said, you know, if this is really necessary, then you might as well just stay home because, like, it's just poker. It's, it's not It's essential. not a necessity. Exactly. And I know, that, I know that gambling is an addiction, but sometimes you shouldn't feed your addiction. And that's on Richard Weber. Um, anywho... You know, it's, it is like the dentist the other day when I was an idiot and rolled up too early, um, I walked up to the door. I didn't just walk in cause I assumed there was some type of new protocol and I saw, I was like, you need to have a mask and please call or text from your car and mm-hmm. we will let you know when to come in. Cause I didn't want people waiting in the waiting room, which I get, I understand. Um, the day I rolled up, yeah. I didn't have a mask. I did not have one. So I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? It's 7.56. The appointment's at 8. I don't have time to go home. I'm looking through my car. I find a reusable napkin. shoes clean, and I wrap that queen around my face. I said, safety. And then the girl said, your appointment's tomorrow, sweetie. And then I said, okay. And then I went home, and then I came back. And I had an actual mask, and they made me wash my little hands, and they made me gargle peroxide, and they took my temperature, and they said, you can take your mask off now, because it's the dentist's office. You can't wear a mask all the time. That's true. Um, Yeah, that's what they do at um, um, our vet's office, because we've had to take our cat and our dog to the vet. Um, and what they do is they just like, we just wait in the parking lot and then we call them and then they come out and just get our animals. And then they do, they do little appointments. They come back out and they say, here's your dog. Here's your cat. You pay over the phone and here's your medication if you need it. Skittles and Sophie are truly living the VIP life. I know. I know. Getting chauffeured and dropped off. Comfort. We can't even comfort our dog when he gets when he gets his shots. So sad. Anyways, uh, we have a review for you guys this week. Um, this is a Netflix original, so you know we had to review it. It's called The Half of It. And the half of it should have been cut out, if you know what I mean. We love time-related humor. <laughs> Oh, um, so basically this movie, let me just break it down for you. Um, it's just the simple plot, this girl's in love, well not in love, but like she falls in love with this other girl, but you know, she's trying to help this guy who's really always been in love with this girl. There you go. There you go. So I mean, there's more to it, but you know. (laughs) Our characters, our main character is a girl named Ellie Chu. She's a senior in high school. She's, you know, prepping for college to go locally because they ain't got a lot of money. Um, And she's just Mm -hmm. writing little essays for folks at school to bring in some extra cash. Her dad is a sweet little Chinese man who um, operates the train thingy. I don't know. I don't know. You know, they spent the entire movie describe like trying to tell us what he does, and I could not tell what he does. I'm like, he just tells the train to go forward. Like, what does? <laughs> I don't know if they're like the, you know, in the movie, the series of unfortunate events, and they get trapped in that car, and they're like, we have to change the tracks, and like it like goes. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing that or if they're just like directing that. I I don't know. I don't understand. Um, but it's kind of sad because, you know, her dad, um, has a PhD in engineering. However, because his accent is, you know, not standard English accent, um, he doesn't, he can't get a job. He doesn't speak English as well as people want him to be. Um, this is discrimination, people. This is a movie, you know, pointing out the casual racism in this small town. Um, of Squahamish. 
Squamish. It, like, <laughs> when people talk about this movie, they talk about, oh, it's like talking about, you know, LGBTQ representation. I'm like, yeah, it also, it does that, but it also, you know, it, it, it touches on racism in these towns. I mean, the nickname they gave this girl, it's just horrible. Chinese girl. Yeah, but they also call her, um, like, Ellie, like, they say Choo Choo Choo, as in, like, the train, but, you know, her last name is Choo. I I wasn't a fan of that kind of treatment. Um, you know, yeah. I looked up Squamish because I was like, is this a real place? There are real Squamishes, but apparently this town is fictional and they filmed it in a bunch of different locations. But I will say something that kind of like maybe set this movie apart a little bit from other Netflix originals, it kind of felt, and you can let me know how you feel, it kind of felt a little bit more like cinematic at times like the dialogue wasn't so cheesy most of the time the way it was filmed I I definitely got that and I definitely got that the end of the movie that last like sequence where she's on the train and that music is playing in the background I really love that ending um now I will say I think the movie is I say this sometimes, but, like, I don't know how I feel. Okay, I didn't really love the movie. I didn't love it. I think it, the script was kind of a mess. But I did think it got a lot of things right that a lot of these movies get wrong. Agree. I will put it there. Yeah. But the script is a mess. I think <laughs> it, it did a lot of act. things differently than other movies do. And it got a lot of things a little bit more accurate. But I definitely think this movie could have used a like really good editor to just go through and chop some stuff out. Because there were just mm-hmm. scenes that it's it's not even that they weren't essential. Like I'm here for a fluffy scene that like isn't essential to the plot. But some things I was like, okay, where are we going with this? Yeah, there was a lot of subplots going on. There was the whole thing of like Ellie um going to college, her English teachers trying to convince her to go this particular school so there's that subplot there's the subplot with is his name paul is that his name mm-hmm. the, the paul's taco sausage business i don't know um then there's the music subplot the music going subplot on. came out of literally nowhere the music subplot should have been cut completely i'm like I why is this here i when this does not, it has nothing to do with, and like, some people say like, oh, but like, the entire movie starts in the band room, and you know, they wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for a band class. This could have been English class. Well, I mean, they she's, would have still known each other. Everyone in this town goes to the same church. Yeah. And the yeah. girl, the love I interest, just, her dad is the preacher or pastor or whatever. Yeah, I did find it funny how in typically in these movies, we always see these popular kids, um, you know, they're hanging out at parties or, you know, places like that. But instead, everybody hangs out at church in this movie. That's like the go to place in this small town is the church. I kind of liked the small town vibe of this movie. Like, I think they really did do a good job of, like, showing what a small town is like. Um, yeah. And I think just just with, like, the hangout spots, like, there's really nowhere to go other than these few places. And they didn't try too hard to make it, like, aesthetic or whatever. Like, it, it just looked like an actual small town. Um. But she just like it looked dirty and, and grimy, like yeah. But yeah, in a like cute the way, di- the diner scene—it's <laughs> super cute. Um, like you could go anywhere on a bike, places like that. Like she rode her bike everywhere. Um, what if? It, yeah, and like she rode her bike on the road, which is like just like it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere it's just trees surrounding and even in like people's Um, jobs like they're not crazy jobs like 
Ellie, yeah, the, she operates the train switch. There's teachers. There's people that work at the church. And then there's, like, the diner workers. It's it's all very yeah, normal. Because Aster's family owns, like, some Mexican restaurant. And, um, like, Paul's family owns the sausage thing. What was it? Like, what was their whole deal with the sausage? Uh, they, like, make their own sausage. And then... Wow. The boy, Trig, or whatever his name is, popular boy, his family, like, owns the whole town, but I think it's mainly a construction business. So it's mm. all very, like, realistic. Anyone who's ever lived in a small town, I feel like, would kind of agree on that. But to back yeah. it up for a second, our girl Ellie, you know, she's writing people's English papers. The, her English teacher knows about it, but she's down as long as the girl goes to college. And that's on okay, academic so integrity. I- so I had a problem with this. Now, it is a staple in these movies that the English teacher is the person who supports the our main character. Um, you know, Edge of Seventeen, they did that. Um, I, I liked it more in Edge of Seventeen because Woody Harrelson's character really did not care about Haley Steinfeld's character. Um, and, you know, it's always a thing in these movies. The English teacher is... The support group, basically. But, like, she's still a teacher, and she's like, you know what? I don't care if my student, my other students don't get ahead educationally. They're too far gone. You need, you can keep writing their papers and, you know, um, being peer pressured by these people and stuff like that as long as you get into college, sweetie. I mean, and in, I just like, in her defense, I like get it. Paul didn't I, like, know you're in your. That is true. But, like, there's a difference between, like, editing and, like, actually doing the paper. Paul had to look up the word plagiarize because he didn't know what it meant. So, like, the education system in this town is clearly flawed. Oh, clearly it's flawed. I think that was my problem with it. And it's because of the teacher. Like, does the teacher even teach? Do these people even teach? Maybe we should be looking at that instead. Maybe that's a spinoff. Why is the t- the education system in this town so bad? Her background story from Grinnell College, we learned that she cheated her way through college. Um, I think, you know, I'm not about plagiarism. It's honestly a big fear of mine. But the teacher, she is a senior English teacher. And usually by then, like, you should have some idea of, like, how to write without... And if you if you don't, then, like... What's the point? <laughs> like, you've made it this far and you still don't know how to do it. It's like when I, like, I'm in college as an English major and I read some of these stories or papers and it's like, these people are like juniors and seniors and it, these, they sound like high school level papers, like freshman high school level papers. It's like, how did you even get this far to... I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say I'm the best writer out there. Because believe me, when I'm writing those academic papers, I'd be struggling a little bit. But, you know, at least I got my grammar down. At least I got my punctuation down. These people be putting commas everywhere. And spelling there, there, there. And your, your, your. And two, two, two. All different ways. Or not using commas at all and having just run-on sentences yeah. out the wazoo. Mm. Yeah. She gets approached by our uh, secondary character, Paul, with this love letter to Aster. This horribly written, god-awful love letter. All I can really say that I remember from it was like, you're really pretty. Um, You're smart. I would like you even if you Mm. weren't pretty. Hi, my name is Paul. I have a pickup truck and I work part-time. He's like... I like fries in my milkshakes. I know it's weird, which, by the way, that is not weird anymore. I I don't know why these movies like to say, I put fries in my milkshake. I'm so quirky. I'm so different. No, you're not. Everybody does that. And we all know we watched iCarly and saw Sam doing that or somebody else and thought that was cool. And then we started doing that. I've done it since I was a child, so I will not claim um, iCarly. And that's on... Wendy's, chocolate frosties, and fries. Anywho, mm. any hurry, 
the girl, our girly Ellie, she's really reluctant about writing this love letter because, you know, she is strictly academic in this joint. But she mm-hmm. decides to give it a go. She decides to just, like, beef it up, make it a little chunky. Her and her daddy-o, they're watching some type of love movie. And she plagiarizes. Mm-hmm. And our girl asks her because she's our typical white academia. I read books. I'm an artist. Pretty girl. She's like, uh, why would you quote that? Uh. And then the love begins. Again, I have a problem with this. This movie subverts a lot of these characteristics, but that also conforms to, oh, they're so artsy. They know books and movies. Um, I'm surprised they didn't do anything like, my music taste just isn't like everybody else's. Or something like that. If someone pulled out a record player during this, I would have just eaten glass. I mean, it would have been over. I'm glad they didn't go that cliche, but the book thing, the like, I'm a reader, is seen again and again and again. And there's nothing wrong wrong with reading. There isn't, but like all those books they mentioned, I'm like, do y'all not have, like, I don't know. Like, in 2020, what, you know, what is their version of the John Green books? What are they reading now? Do they I even read? have no idea. But, like, but those books they were naming, that's definitely not it. I need some cheesy, romantic, John Green, you know, all of this type of stuff. And that is not what this movie is giving us. We want better for the youth of today. Um, I just mm. think it's kind of weird how they were reading that kind of material. And they were quoting all this stuff about like painting or whatever. But also Aster's like 23. You know, yeah, she's a senior in high school, but she's 23. So she's had time to grow and evolve. Oh. Like she's had time. She looks so old for her age. Like, she doesn't look old. Like, let us clarify. She doesn't look old. She's pretty. She's youthful. But she just is too old for the role she's playing. The only two that I genuinely was like, okay, that makes sense, were Ellie and Paul. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Everyone else looked just too old for what they were doing. They managed to, like, transform Ellie. Because when you look on her Instagram, she looks 23. But Ellie, I think it's because all the clothing and, like, you know, they put her hair up. They, like, put the glasses on. And she looks 17. Um, But I thought that Aster, like, the actor who plays her was, like, maybe in her late 30s. And I look, and she's only 23. I'm like, it's something with my head. It's like, she looks 23, but, like, the way she is portrayed in the movie, it's like, oh, she's in her 30s. Or something like that. I didn't think she looked like she was in her late 30s. I'm like, that's pushing it. But I thought she was definitely, like, well into her 20s. And it's not that she's old. She has a more mature face. Like, some people can look younger. And she just has a face that's older. I just thought that because the girl who plays Liz in Spider-Man Homecoming, she's 30. And she was, like, in her late 20s when she was filming that movie. And she was playing a 15 or 16-year-old. I think at the (laughs) end of the day, (laughs) age doesn't matter. It's just if you look the part and she did not look the part. Yeah. Especially in the water scene. Yeah, in the hot spring scene when her hair was all pushed back or whatever, I was like, she looks like she is somebody's mama. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But what kind of really irked me a little bit was the first letter back from Aster when she was like, I'm pretty, and because I'm pretty, everyone wants to give me things and make me like them. Nobody understands me. Again, people have said this in these types of movies. I'm like, stop it. Stop. Please. I don't want to hear about this anymore. I don't want to hear about the troubles of being a pretty person. I really don't. Um, they're, like, it reminds me of Radio Rebel. No. Hear me out. Remember Radio Rebel, like the popular girl and like Debbie Ryan's character like goes up in her room and looks at all the crowns and stuff. And the popular girl's like, I just hate being pretty. Everybody just expects so much from me. 
Like, shut up. Do you want me to call one 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 for the wambulance? Nobody, nobody thinks that. Nobody does. It's like 2020, and people are still like, I mean, I, I don't know what what high school is like in this day and age. So I don't know if people are just like awful, like really, really awful. I feel but, like it's the same as it was four years ago. It hasn't changed that much. I don't know. I feel like high school never really changes. It's just, like, technology and styles change. Like, the actual, like, premise of it is the same. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think as I get older, I just... I I would have loved these movies when I was in high school. Not loved them, but, like, I would have enjoyed them more when I was in high school because I could have at least tried to relate to them. And I'm like, oh, high school. Like, I'm their age. But now I'm like... I don't get this. I do not get this at all. And somebody said this on Twitter, and this kind of has something to do with it. They said, can people stop writing fantasy books about, like, kids? I'm not a kid anymore. I'm in my mid-20s. Please give me, like, a mid-20s person, you know, who in fantasy books. I'm tired of reading about kids. It's like you either have high school age or you have, like, 30 to 40, 40 year old parent who's going through a divorce like you don't have that middle ground anywhere and I think that my family's being too loud um I think that it's just I don't know I don't know I don't think I would have related to it then either because that just wasn't my life and it wasn't my experience no. but I will say that Ellie's whole perspective on love and everything I appreciated the way they did that they didn't make her so like anti-love like I'm never gonna fall in love but they weren't also like love it's this magical thing she was just kind of like i don't understand it what is this does anybody understand it i sure as heck don't because i don't paul on the other hand oversimplified it he was like love is like Mm -hmm. sacrifice which like i think to a degree yeah but yeah he was like dating is burgers and fries it shouldn't always have to be it shouldn't be all sacrifice because that's when it's too toxic if you're sacrificing everything for somebody you love and i think it's just like a and i know this is like going away from the movie a little bit but like when people say like i sacrificed my career for to like marry this person or something like that like i get i get it but i don't because some people just have different values but i would never do that (laughs) I think you have to be selfish enough to, like, protect your own, like, morals Mm -hmm. and wants and things like that. Like, not being so selfish to the point where you're like, I would never compromise on anything. But, like, you shouldn't have to give up every single thing you want to do just because of, like, your lover or your children or, like, whatever. Like, you should still be able to do what you want to a degree. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of why I think this movie would have been good in a college setting. There are a few reasons why I believe this movie would have been great in a college setting, specifically seniors kind of graduating college. So, first of all, the whole love thing. I feel like this love is like too mature for them. Not like too mature, but like their perspective on love was like so mature and like good for them, especially Ellie um for being so mature about it but like I feel like this is like college time where you start to realize like love who needs it what does it mean like I'm starting to figure stuff out that I never did before um not that you don't do that in high school but like you could do it in college too second Aster's character she's going through this um she's she's going through it really she really is her family is like you're gonna marry what's his name trig Mm-hmm. they're like we're gonna talk about your future wedding all this and then he proposes to her 17 years old 17 18 proposes to her in church and it seemed kind of off for the both of us because while we definitely know um people in our small towns who have married young around this age it didn't fit this like this specific small town for some reason I think if we got more background, like, 
maybe if Ellie kind of said like, oh yeah, this is normal. People get married young here all the time. Then maybe it would have made more sense. I never knew anybody who married while they were like still in high school slash straight out of it. Like I knew people who got married to like, you know, 1920 or whatever, but it just seemed odd here. And when Aster first brought up the whole idea that Trig, like she would get married to Trig, I thought she was talking about, you know, in a few years time, because she was like, Trig is talking to my father about marriage, and I don't know if I should marry Trig, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, like, is she just worried about, am I going to be with him for the long haul? I didn't realize the boy was about to propose, like, the next week. Yeah, which is why, like, when she first said this, I didn't really think about it too much, because it's like, ah, she's going to get into college, and they're not going to really last. It's okay. Especially if she doesn't really like him that much. But like you said, the next week, he's proposing, and I'm like, oh. This is a thing. Okay. She looked shocked, too. She didn't see it coming. Um, I will say, why in the world... First of all, I know her dad is, like, a preacher or whatever, and religious themes and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, wouldn't you want her to go off to college and experience it and, like, get her education before worrying about marriage? I have no idea. I really don't. I feel like... Maybe some of them are just kind of thinking, you have to run the family business. Because that is a lot of the thing, uh, that is another theme in this movie, you know, um, like, which is more important, like family or kind of going off on your own and doing your own thing. But then it's kind of like, Ellie kind of realizes, oh, I can do both things at once. Like, I don't need to stay and, you know, like, because my dad's okay with me, like, going away. And stuff like that. Does that make sense? I don't think that makes sense. I I get it. Like, you have to kind of escape the small town mentality. And everyone in this story has, you know, their dream or whatever. I feel like we never really get to learn what Ellie's is. Like, we know she's interested in music because she plays the piano in church. And she plays the guitar at this completely unnecessary talent show scene that I thought was going to be a big deal. It seemed like a scene that you would put at the end of a movie, but it was just smack dab in the middle. Yeah. she, The college she was going to was a liberal arts college. So it has to do something with humanities. I don't know. Like, if it was music, I don't know. Like, the whole music subplot, I was just like, take it out, please. It makes no sense. And it's like Aster, she wants to be an artist, I guess, because she's going to art school. And then our boy Paul, his big dream is just to make this little sausage taco. He wants to change up the family recipe mm-hmm. against his mother's wishes. And, like, that's fine. Which is worse than... What I found funny was, like, the whole theme is, like, religion and, like, accepting yourself and stuff like that. And, like... <laughs> Paul's mother is like, we still love you if you're gay. And he's like, I'm not gay, but I do want to change up the sausage recipe. And she's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That but is- also, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, we we know that Ellie's into Aster, like, from the jump. And then, like, yeah. Paul just never sees it because he's a little dumb. Like, he's a little naive. Well, I thought I think it's also because he does... He did grow up in a religious household to where it's, like, not even like possible in his mind that someone could be like that he always thinks it's like theoretical or something like that it's not an actual thing and then once he figures it out and like like take into consideration Paul's not like the best character but he's like a good friend to Ellie he's been a really good friend to her yeah he's like a little weird about love and you know he falls in love too quickly but whatever so he tries to kiss Ellie Because he's like, maybe she's the one that was supposed to fall in love with this whole time. And uh, whatever. Like, I really didn't expect him to kiss her, but sure. And she's like, no, no, please don't. And Aster sees. Aster's like, shocked. How dare you do this? And the way Ellie looks at Aster, it says it all. It says it all. And Paul, you know, it clicks in Paul's head. And he's like, this is a sin. You're going to hell. You're a lesbian? I thought you were American. I'm American. He's like, um, he's like, you're going to hell. And at that point, I had to pause the movie and think, what is going on? Because I knew religion kind of like was an underlying theme, but I didn't think it was like 
And Paul never came off as that type of person who was like homophobic. Or to be judgmental. Yeah, he never, never once in the movie did he come off in that way. And, you know, the there was no talk of, like, homophobia in the movie to begin with. Like, I think if the movie kind of from the beginning, you know, in the church scenes kind of, like, expressed their dislike with, like, the, commu- the LGBTQ community, I think it would have made more sense in that way because it's like, oh, these people are listening to the... Pr- to, the preacher talk about this they're listening it they're they're taking it in they're believing it and if we see ellie uncomfortable with that we like we're like oh okay like i get it but instead it just kind of comes out of nowhere where he's like now he's a horrible person like hmm. i don't know i think it would have been like a i'm wondering if he actually accepted her if it was a like love the sinner hate the sin situation i think it's the love the sinner hate the sin situation i think it's totally that i just don't i can't like like i don't want it to be that but like i feel like that's what it is realistically you know like i think he genuinely cares for her but i don't think he fully understands the deal. Um, also, I was shocked at how open Ellie could be about certain things because Aster, you know, when they're having their little like touchy touchy rendezvous in the hot springs, she's like, "Do you believe in God?" And Ellie's like, "No." She's like, "No." In this and town, no. There's no backlash. No. And even um, Aster's dad knows that Ellie isn't, like, fully invested in, like, the church because he calls her, like, his favorite heathen. So, like, he knows that. So it's not that big of a deal, I guess, but also it kind of is. I don't know. I think, okay, so I don't know. Maybe it's because Ellie's just kind of like, what else do I have to lose, you know? I'm a Chinese, um, Chinese immigrant in this small American town that is casually racist, what else do I have to lose here? I'm like, I don't know. I, I think Aster was just like, I, I don't know. I think she was just a nice person in general. She was just more understanding. Paul, Paul and Aster were like talking about God. She was like, do you believe in God? And he's like, of course I do. And that's the moment where it's just like, what an odd way to answer that. But okay. It's like, yeah. I think Aster is like typical person who was brought up in the church, like obviously because her dad's a pastor or whatever. So she's going through her like, what do I believe in? Who am I? Which we all go through, but for her, it's like a different experience. Mm-hmm. And then when our boy Paul goes and talks with Ellie's dad about, you know, who Ellie really is. And like, you don't see her for who she is. I thought he was talking about sexuality. Yeah, that's but what I thought. it didn't seem like that was even the point of it. It was like, no, she wants to go to this college in Iowa. I think it could have been interpreted two different ways. I, th- I think it could interpret it either way. But, um... Yeah, because, like, Aster in the end, she, like, she kind of hinted at, like, oh, I think I kind of liked you anyways. But, like, she's like, oh, I don't know, though. And then they kiss, and it's like, Aster, you know, you didn't, you didn't push her off, you know. She said, I like these lips, they feeling good, better than tricks. She's going to art, she's going to art school, she'll figure it out. <laughs> really (laughs) ellie says yeah yeah right miss i don't know what's going on i'm so unsure of myself and aster's like you just give me a couple years give me a couple years of experimentation and i'll know for sure i'll get back to you ellie and then they'll forget about each other because it's two years in college I'm like, that girl's going to school in iowa i mean i don't know where their town is located but the girl's going to school in Iowa. I swear I could have saw somewhere. I don't know. I need to look it up because I think I looked at looked up like where the state, like what state they were in, and I got an answer, but I can't remember where. Um, but the whole Paul and like Ellie thing, it's just I don't know how I feel about it. I feel kind of icky about it still because like Paul just seems like an icky person in general now. Like, yeah, he just kind of seems like a pickup truck kind of boy who doesn't really have strong opinions on anything. Like, in general, he's kind of like 
He's not like mean and malicious. <laughs> he just seems kind of like uninformed and unopinionated and just very go with the flow. Like every question you ask him, he has a very simple answer for. Yeah, and it's like dating for him isn't learning about each other. It's going out and getting shakes and burgers. And the thing is, is like, like as a character, if the if there was a sequel to the movie, I feel like he wouldn't grow a lot since you know the one friend who kind of opened him up to all this is like moving away and he's also still staying in his small town. So like, will he grow from this? I don't know. He, he probably learned some things from this, but whether he'll grow anymore, who knows? But I mean, well, we hope that he yeah, does. We hope that he does, but we just don't know. Now, Aster, on the other hand, she's got some things to figure out. She's like, I need to go. Exactly. Like, there's no b- villain in this movie. There's no, no villain in it. Because, like, even the popular kids who are kind of, like, the one, the boys that make fun of Ellie because she rides her bike home and doesn't have a car or whatever. Like, even them, it's not really bullying. Because normally when we see bullying in movies, it's, like, over-the-top extreme. It's, like, hey, fatty, ugly, zip face. I think it's, like, like this, real- it's kind of, like, you don't have a car. I think it's ha-ha. realistic, you know, bullying. Because it's... I mean, it's Trig and his friends, and Trig is kind of like, everybody's into me. He's like, Ellie, you seem sweet, but like, come on, we'll never be a thing. Let's be honest. And he's not like mean about it or anything. And he has been mean, but he's not like, he doesn't spend, it doesn't seem like he spends all his time thinking, how am I supposed to, how am I going to torture Ellie today? Where in other movies, it definitely sounds like that. Like, that's something I think this movie did a good job with, is, like, realism in that way. And it's the same thing with, like, even though we said they were non-essential, like, the music scenes. Like, we find out Trigg's in a band, and Ellie plays guitar, and Paul plays football, and uh, Astor paints. Like, none of that is, like, essential information. Like, it's not pertinent to the storyline. But it makes it realistic because it doesn't produce one-dimensional characters because a lot of times when we watch movies the character like they're interested in this one super specific thing and they have this one super specific goal but this it's like everyone has varied interests and like everyone's doing their own thing and i i liked that um you know other than that like are we missing anything from the i don't think so i don't like okay this movie was compared to, to all the boys, and it was also compared to Sierra Burgess because it's kind of like that similar, like, oh, they don't know who they're actually dating situation. I think it got a lot of things right. I think Netflix is, like, on the right track. They're just, they're not there yet. They're not there yet. They're, they're getting close, but they're not. Um, speaking of Sierra Burgess, that is the one thing that bugged me about Ellie in this movie. So, like, Ellie, she's trying to figure some stuff out, obviously, but she kind of throws Paul under the bus while doing so and also confusing Aster. I talked about this in Sierra Burgess where I was like, I don't know how I feel about this whole like, I mean, it's kind of catfishing in some way because Aster is led to believe that Paul is this like intellectual, really romantic guy when really it's Ellie. But Paul doesn't even know like the conversations that Aster and Ellie are having like late at night through this like messaging app so it's kind of like he doesn't really know what to do or what's going on and Aster has this like fake persona based around Paul in her mind and it's embarrassing for him every time he goes on a date with her because he doesn't know how to act it's like the dating scene with the phones mm-hmm. and Ellie starts texting and it's like, I'm nervous around you. And I'm like, no one is going to sit at a table like less than three feet apart from each other and like text back and forth that like was, that. And he doesn't even know what's going on. So he's just laughing. That was so like unrealistic to begin with because she's like, you're messaging me. And I'm like, girl, his phone is literally on the table and you were watching the entire time. How could you not see he did not pick up his phone? It was, it should have been obvious exactly. right there that this was not him. And Ellie's right outside the window. You can mm-hmm. literally see her from where they're sitting. I'm like, if anything, why wouldn't she come in the restaurant and like sit in the back or something? I don't know. This, again, this movie has a lot of things they need to work on. 
you know, Netflix, they're, they're trying, they are trying their hardest. They are trying, but they are not getting it. And they're getting better. They're getting better, but they're missing something. And I think the thing they're missing is a good, like, script and plot and structure. I think the ideas are there. The ideas are there. They have good cinematography. They have good actors for the most part. It is just... This, I like that we didn't see any of these other actors and other things Yeah, they're like... That was really refreshing. I guess they're kind of new in some way because I've never seen them in anything else. But it's the structure of these movies. They are trying to fit so much in into these little two-hour movies, and it's not working. Like, you either got to cut it up, cut some stuff out, make a sequel, but you cannot. It's just a mess. This could have been an hour and a half, and it would have been fine. Um, I think there was just a lot of, like, scenes that just could have been cut, and they just needed someone to, like, come in and edit it down a little bit. But I liked that it wasn't super cheesy. The dialogue wasn't, like, corny, like, let's make Mm -hmm. stupid jokes all the time and try to, like, make the audience laugh. Like, it was pretty serious and realistic. It just needed needed a good edit. And I feel like it could have taken it to the next level. But if Netflix stays on this road and, like, continues to just, like, you know, make little edits, change things up here here and there, we have the notes for you. Mm If they're listening, we have the notes for you. They're or here. Hire us. We will make it. We'll, you know, maybe we'll write one. They're probably thinking, oh, these two little girls think they know what they're doing. Well, you go and do it yourselves. I am a college graduate. <laughs> I will. We will. Um, what, what are we going to give a rating for this film? I'm going to give it. Okay. I'm just going to be equal. I'm just going to, like, go straight down the middle. I'm going to give this five taco sausages, sausage tacos, whatever, out of ten. I'm going to give it five out of ten. Okay. I am going to give it maybe, like, six non-racial chugga-chugga-choo-choos out of 10 because I appreciated the effort. I think there was some good cinematography mm-hmm. and I saw improvement. We just need to work a little bit harder and and we can get that 10 out of 10. I believe in the Netflix team. And we will we will wor- uh, we will work with you. We will give our reviews every time. We will watch every one of your movies Netflix. Not every one of them, just ones of these categories. And we will help you. Promise. But please credit us please can they put the little squiggle and like <laughs> like like if we're a production the, the company credits just like yeah um special thanks to courage and all podcasts squiggle in the credits yes um should we take a quiz we shall uh we're taking a quiz called everyone has a coming of age movie that matches their personality here's yours from The Perks of Being a Wallflower, go back and listen to it, to Lady Bird, we've got you covered. By Quint, Quinta Riley, um, a community contributor. Thank you, um, Riley, maybe? Or Quint, Who knows? whatever your name Quint. is. Quint. Um, you know, uh, we've both seen Lady Bird. We haven't reviewed it on the podcast maybe one day but maybe not who knows but first let's pick a dessert lemon cake it looks like that kind you get in those little plastic boxes from walmart donuts Mm -hmm. with crusty nasty rainbow sprinkles a triple decker ice cream cone with mystery flavors one's red one's yellow and one's white with some Little color splotches in it. That looks like birthday cake on the bottom. The birthday cake flavor. Potentially. And then Mm. apple pie. I have never seen an apple pie like that. Why is it all open? Where's the lattice crust? I don't know. There's supposed to be crust on top. Looks kind of crispy. We have chocolate chip cookies. 
They're looking pretty juicy. Um, we have frozen yogurt. There's no toppings um, because of the corona. And then we have ch 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 cherry pie, which looks like it has some cool whip on top and a little piece of cheesecake. That cheesecake is so boring. That is not Cheesecake Factory approved. I am hurt. I was maybe going to pick cheesecake, but... Oh, well, if you want it... I'm I mean, still picking let it. let me ruin it. Okay. I mean, I like cheesecake, but, you know, it just it's just a little boring to me. That's all. How would your friends describe you? Okay, here we have to describe each other like we usually do. Caring. Driven. Loyal. Bold. Like, bold point font. Calm. Witty. Sarcastic or... Ooh. Okay. Hmm. Let's see. You know, sometimes these don't come up. Like, usually it's just like friendly, kind, loyal, smart. But these are like actual creative ones. Um, I'm going to say for you, you know, I'm going to say witty. I feel like you have these comebacks and remarks that are just haha ha, funny. And you know, I think it really reflects on your personality. That's me. I want it on my tombstone. Ha ha. Witty. Um, I would say for Katie, you know, she's a woman who's just down to speak her mind. She said, I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap if my opinion isn't the popular one. I don't care if you think <laughs> the cheesecake looks good. It's boring. So we're going to go with bold. Oh, Okay. I feel like I'm just bold on the podcast, but then, like, real life, I'm just, like, not that way at all. You heard it here, folks. Yes, this is, um, you know, I'm living the best of both worlds here. Call me Hannah Montana. Call me Radio Rebel. <laughs> Pick a landscape. Oh, well, they didn't give me any words. Okay, we have Ozark Mountains with some pastel hues. <laughs> We have Twilight. Oh, we definitely know what that second one is. <laughs> Twilight. I know what you are. Forest. Um, we have... That is freaking Big Little Lies Beach Town. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And then we have... This one I have to zoom in because I can't really see. This looks like you're in Montana and someone took you on a date and was like, let's go look on the mountain. It's nighttime. Um, we have mm-hmm. California slash potentially Miami. We have desolate New York big city streets. We have the swamp bayou. And then we have (laughs) the twilight meadow scene. Mm. Um. There's Mm. so many choices. I have to scroll back up. I know. I'm kind of digging the twilight meadows. That was the one. It just brings me back. Oh my gosh, we could pick the same one. It's okay. It's okay. We always get the same thing anyway. It's okay to not have your own personality. It's okay. <laughs> it just means we're so similar. I was almost going to say familiar. Bring us back. Wow. In case you wanted to throw back, there you go. There you go, everyone. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, oh, did you already pick yours? Mm-hmm. Is that what you picked? Okay. Pick an accessory. Glasses. Denim jacket. That's totally original and never been done before. Jangly earrings that won't get caught in your hair and ripped out of the lobe. Dainty necklace to serve us Kate Middleton looks. Hair wrap. I mean, I'm not trying to be biased, but I'm wearing one right now. Um, Sunglasses to protect your eyes from the UV rays. Backpack, which I don't need anymore. Or... Ooh, college graduate. Beret to be French and use my minor. So for me, just regular old eyeglasses, unfortunately, is not just an accessory. It is, um, you know, a lifestyle. It is essential. It's a necessity. Um, Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to pick sunglasses because I do love a good pair of sunglasses. I am going to pick hair wrap. We've been new. We're not surprised. No explanation needed. Mm -hmm. Pick some flowers. 
Um, we have, what are these, buttercups? Yeah, maybe. Slash daffodils. They're yellow. <laughs> um, and then in the next one, we have a bed of red and pink poppies. And then we have shallow focus photo of orange flowers. <laughs> we have some sunflowers that are facing away from us in bloom plantation. Ooh, these are kind of cute. This is kind of 2014 Tumblr. We have some Ooh. dark, like, really saturated red roses. We have some wedding day, cheap Publix bouquet. Mm. You didn't hear me say it. And then, um, I don't know what kind of flowers these are. Like, they just kind of look like American honey, like Lady Antebellum. She grew up good. She grew up slow. And then the last picture we have, um, selective focus photo of pink petaled flowers. Mm. I definitely love, um, the skinny little colorful flowers. The second to last one. I don't know why, but like, I, I think those are just my vibe when it comes to flowers. So Lady Antebellum. Oh Yeah. I'm torn between 2014 Tumblr roses or, but I also think roses are kind of like generic. Um, we're like those weird little orange scraggly ones that are right above it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to stick to my roots and go with cliche 2014 Tumblr roses. Okay. Pick a bed. Ooh, okay, so the first one is, like, kind of minimal, but still colorful. Looks like some linen, a little pink, a little orange. One of those chunky knitted blankets at the foot of the bed. Um, the next one is, like, I'm staying at a hotel. Let me make sure there's no bed bugs in this joint. Uh, we got a navy headboard, navy footboard, white bedding. Kind of a risk that I'm not willing to take. Can I just say the next one? Um, it kind of looks like, I don't know why, but like the rich boy, like rich teenager boy bed and like you would find a euphoria or something. She said it like, perfectly. There's no other description needed. Yeah. It like looks the like the bed kid who was, and spinning out. Yeah. It looks like, um, Mark Sloan's kid in that. I can't remember any of their names. Um, in euphoria. Nate. You know, the trouble. Yeah, Nate. It looks like that's what his bed would be. Just envision what she just said. Like money. There's wall sconces next to it. Mm -hmm. Dark, dark color palette. Yeah. Uh, the next one is very fun and fresh. It's like I just got back from my influencer trip to Bora Bora. Um, it's a canopy bed. It's cute. It's relaxing. Or it's Bella and Edward's honeymoon bed. It's the, whoa, he just shook this body and this bed frame, cracked it up bed. Um, the next one is also very hotel energy, really ugly. I'm so sorry. Cheap New York skyline picture they probably got at Target slash Ikea. Like glossy bed frame. Blankets and accent pillow in a gross shade of blue. This is the bedroom you would see on apartments.com when you're looking for apartments. For anyone out there who has their own space, let me know if that's relatable. I don't know it. Just, that's what it looks like. The next one looks like if you go to one of those tiny homes on the weekend. Like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's very woody. Yeah. It's like, it's a bed that would be used for cuddling um, the one after that is very beauty influencer 2013 bedroom energy. It's very, um, hmm, not Jacqueline Hill. I feel like she's darker than that. Juicy Star 07. Yes. Okay. There you go. With that tufted Sorry, headboard. I'm not very, I'm not very educated on my beauty influencers. I think we were all beauty influencers at one point in our life and we mm -hmm. all had to just move on eventually. Some of us are still yep. stuck in that web. The last one is very, um, my bedroom is in the attic because my parents don't really love me that much. Um, a lot of wood accents, kind of nice. It looks cuddly. It looks soft, light gray bedding, really cute. Cute in a neglected mm -hmm. kind of way. Yeah, uh, a sense of abandonment. Um, I'm definitely choosing the first one, the minimal 
kind of colorful look. I just, I think this is really what I'm going for, you know, when I have my own place. I love the colors. <laughs> it's cute. It's fun. It's fresh. Yeah. I don't think I would choose the the pink color, but I definitely like the pillows. I don't like those chunky blankets. Something about them kind of like doesn't vibe well. Mm. But I'm I like I like the neglected I live in the attic one. I feel like that's very much my um, personality. <laughs> mm. um, finally, pick a zodiac sign. Yep, just any sign. Are you not meant to pick your own? I mean, I guess you could pick your own, but you're not restricted to. Interesting. We have Aquarius, Aries, Cancer, oh. Leo, Capricorn, Gemini, Taurus, and Pisces. So I accidentally picked Aries. I was going to actually just pick my own, Gemini, but I picked um, Chaotic Aries. Um, but that's okay. They didn't even put all the signs on here. Like, I can't choose Libra. Like, what the heck? I'm going to pick Aquarius because <laughs> that's Harry Styles' sign. Love that. Mm. I'm not pleased. So, so what did you get? Easy A. You're just like Easy A. You're someone who would do anything for the people you care about. Sometimes you get a little carried away, but your heart is definitely in the right place. You never take the easy way out of a bad situation and always push yourself to do things differently. Overall, you're creative, funny, and interesting. Well, I did say we always get the, right, uh, the same answer, and I got Easy A. I have the movie on DVD. I just have never seen it. You know, I was hoping to get an A24 movie, but that's okay. I've seen this movie we a few times. Mm. It's okay. It's you not know, a great movie. You know, we don't always get what we want around here. You know, uh, a fun time, though. How did we get the same and we literally only chose the same choice for, like, one thing? I feel like they just put, like, three movies in there and just say, okay, I'm done. What the heck? This is why I need to be head of BuzzFeed quizzes. We both we both need to be head of BuzzFeed quizzes. I'm going to write them an email and ask them what mm. the heck this is supposed to mean. Um, should we move on to the outro? Sure. We hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and the improved audio, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Follow us on Twitter at Courage and Doll and check out our website. CourageDollPodcast.Wixsite.com slash not playing. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Twitter, but you still want to tell us your thoughts, then email us CourageDollPodcast at gmail.com.